Justin and man, it's been a crazy weekend of football and we got the final here we go call from Fabrizio Romano and it looks like Spurs is getting a new coach. A lot has happened since we last recorded and I'm hoping that we can at least dissect Conte at Spurs because none of it makes sense to me. And of course, uh, we have the Champions League starting back up tomorrow. So we're going to, going to talk about a few of the games that we think are highlights for this next round of the Champions League. Uh, but first of all, you know, we got to talk Spurs and uh, the, the hot the hot news, the latest news, uh, fresh off the press. Actually, I don't even think the press has, has printed this yet. Um, Conte at Spurs. And I'm going to start with Manny, who has experienced Conte um, because, obvious, because of all these reasons. Conte, of course, coached Chelsea and actually won the league uh, with Chelsea back in the day. It feels like 20 years ago now, but I think this was like five <laughs> years ago now. Um, I do want to start, uh, Manny, with um, just, you know, unfortunately we couldn't get a Spurs fan here on, 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 the, on, the, on the podcast today, but if you were talking, if there was a Spurs fan, or, you know, like assume that Spurs fans are listening right now, what was your experience with Conte back in the day when he coached Chelsea? Uh, that guy is intense. I think that's the one word that I can use to sum up Conte. Um, he demands 150%, you know, in games, in training, everywhere. Um, the, like, a personal anecdote, like, is that Everyone used to make fun of Hazard, right? Because Hazard in his time off, you know, during the summer, he would, um, you know, he would, he would put on, you know, that dad bod, right? Would come back. Um, Conte actually would go as far as like, he's so meticulous. Um, you know, he pays attention to like the fine, small details, like things even like that you wouldn't even think would matter, uh, such as diet. Um, when he was at Chelsea, he actually removed all condiments like ketchup, mayonnaise, syrup, mustard, like all those things from like it would they were like prohibited. They were like he did not let any any players use any condiments on their food at all. Um, you know, he he likes to make sure that he knows what's going on at all times with all his players. Um, you know, he, the guy, like I said, is like, he controls like everything, you know, which is a good thing and a bad thing. Um, but uh, again, you can't deny that he has a winning pedigree, um, everywhere he's gone, he's actually taken the team, um, you know, and made them, uh, winners. Like he's won domestic cups. So at Chelsea, when the season before, uh, he came, Chelsea ended up in 10th place and, the next season, like he ended up winning the league with Chelsea. Um, just recently at Inter, they ended, they were in fourth place and he made them winners of the Serie A, you know. Now, I will say that don't get too excited, Spurs fans, because you, he also isn't like, uh, you know, yes, he does a lot of great things, but he's not like a miracle worker, like overnight. Uh, things take time, you know, 
Um, he has a specific system. Most notably, he likes to play in a three-five-two system, right? Um, you know, uh, at times, if anything, he would maybe switch up to like a three-four-three, but that's it. Like he does not go away from that uh, those particular systems. And when I look at the Spurs team, the one thing that, like I said, that he demands from is one hundred and fifty percent of of what the player like effort all the time. And I look at that, uh, I look at that, uh, that team and I see two problems, right? I see the players that are currently on the pitch, um, the likes of uh, Ndombele, the likes of Dele Ali. Uh, good luck, good luck trying to make those guys press from the front. Like, you know, I don't see Harry Kane with the motivation needed to press, you know, and as we know that these, the, the way that Conte plays pressing from the front, like is fundamental to the way that the other, that the team organizes themselves. Second, and the biggest problem might be with the board. I'm actually shocked and surprised that he ended up taking the Spurs job because I feel like this might end up, and it might be too early to say, but I feel like this is going to end up like another Jose Mourinho situation where Mourinho actually ended up doing not too bad. Like if you look at, you know, his record with Spurs, he didn't do too bad only to get, he didn't get back by the board, right? Uh, the whole Harry Kane's, you know, fiasco started early on. Um, and I mean, Conte is someone who's outspoken. He will not hesitate to tell the board, give them a piece of their mind, the players, a piece of, you know, his mind. And so it'll be interesting to see what the dynamic is, how much control he has, because as we all know, Levy likes to pretty much control everything that goes on at the club. So my prediction, and I'm, I'm going to say it now, I'm going on a record here, is I think he makes it to the summer transfer window, and then he finds out that the board lied to him and they don't give him the players that he wants or he demands for his specific type of system. And he's going to cash out, and it's going to be another payday for Antonio Conte. But I do think that he ends up getting Spurs into at least a European spot. All right. Well, Manny, that was, that was good. That was good uh, a few minutes of, of just laying it down to Spurs fan. I, fans. I, I, I want to you know, just kind of paint a picture real quick of this whole saga. So, of course, Spurs... Uh, fired Mourinho, um, and then the search began, the famous search where they started to ask a bunch of coaches, like, hey, do you want to join the club? And I, I actually, the rumor is, obviously, Conte was part of that conversation because when Conte left Inter Milan, the, the, what the rumor was, was they hit him up to see if he will come. And, and the, the point is, uh, I was not surprised at the time that Conte did not, did not say yes to the job because for obvious reasons and this is leads me to my question to you justin because i'm not understanding how a coach like like uh conte is is getting into this like he 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 definitely denied spurs and that's why they went to gattuso that's why they tried fonseca um but why now and, and nothing makes sense and given the fact that there is no money and you know uh, Justin, um, you know, you know all about, you know, no offense here, but, you know, we know Arsenal, for example, are not, you know, 
they don't have enough money to go out go out and buy a lo- enough players. And I think Spurs are probably worse than you are right now. So how in the world is this going to even work? And and how do you see this playing out with with like this doesn't make sense to me. And I'm hoping you can kind of paint some kind of okay picture for me here because nothing makes sense anymore with assignment. Yeah, so something obviously has changed between this past summer and now we are here on the first day of November. Something has happened. In- what changed? What changed? Uh, both Spurs and Conte are in worse off spots than they were those months ago. Fair My fair suspicion fair. is that one. So, OK, first, the obvious. We know Spurs are in not a great place right now. The way that they folded against Man United, the way they looked totally like aimless and like, aside from a couple of players, obviously like Hyungman Son um, and a couple of others, very little effort, very little drive, very little pressing, no tactics on display on the field. And worse, worse than the actual display on the field was the fans' reaction to it. Like you know, like I don't know if, if I've I don't know if I've ever seen fans staging like such a boisterous revolt against the manager in charge and like the the people in charge of the club than they did like this past weekend against Manchester United like the Spurs fans were very vocal and you could hear it (laughs) you could hear it on the telecast they were very vocal in their displeasure with what was going on in the field and with the whole situation with their club and perhaps rightfully so uh so that's obvious so Spurs are obviously not in a good place so maybe Daniel Levy Levy now is He's going to open up the purse strings and he's going to be willing to kind of, you know, Mourinho didn't work. Uh, obviously, <laughs> they went through six, seven potential managers and finally landed on Nuno. That didn't work. So maybe he's like, OK, I'm, we're going to go to a proven winner, uh, I guess, again. And but really, like, just like give him whatever he wants. That's because we're in that bad of a spot. And then from Conte's point of view, I, I sincerely believe perhaps that Conte was in anticipating a greater kind of uh, bidding war for his services from some top clubs. You know, we know that there's teams, big teams that are having, you know, a little bit of tumult, uh, Barcelona among them, PSG, Manchester United most recently. And perhaps he was expecting, uh, and there's also other manager changes also, remember, like, you know, like Real Madrid, like they brought in some Newcastle. <laughs> big, yeah, that's right. New big, big, big club, Newcastle. Um, but whatever the case may be, I think he was anticipating more, probably more demand for his services at the time when Spurs approached him, and that perhaps the interest has not materialized. And so he probably wants to. He's itching to get back into the game, and uh, I'm, I can only assume Spurs are offering him a pretty hefty payday. Um, so those two factors combined, I think, may, perhaps has changed his his thinking on taking the job. Yeah, I think the the pay is definitely that what makes sense. And maybe, maybe uh, Conte got bored. The one thing I, I want us to realize here, or, or I, you know, I've just thought about the, you know, I did a little, a little digging. I mean, not, it's not even that much digging, but Pochettino left, right? So he left because, you know, he they needed, Spurs felt like they needed trophies. They needed something, they needed to win something. And then we hired uh, Mourinho, um, and now we hired Nuno, uh, you know, Espirito. Um, 
at what point do we think we need to start blaming Daniel Levy? Because to me, years ago, you have a world, you have a world class coach. Okay, because if I, I mean, Daniel Levy owns, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't. It's not the majority stake in Spurs, in Spurs, I don't think, but I think he owns a lot of of stake in in Spurs. But I don't know who makes this decision. Like, like, can we get a technical direct, like a more you know, useful. Well, I guess they got Pratichi as a as a, a sports sporting director. But to me, it sounds like you know Daniel Levy is a problem and and should not even be in this club, in my opinion. But again, I I don't know much about Spurs to really tell you if that's the that should be the case. But I feel like that he's been the constant between you know across all those coaches, right? Yeah, I mean he has, but at the same time. Uh, you can't really fire the guy that's responsible for bringing in, you know, sponsorships, um, pretty much orchestrating the new stadium that they have. Um, you know, like that he's done, I guess his job, right? Like that, that's the problem is, and, and that's why I said, like, it'll be interesting to see the, what the dynamic is between Conte and, the, like, Levy himself, because we already know Levy is a person who calls the shots at Spurs. And Conte is, like, that type of person that wants to have complete control over everything. Um, and we've seen it in the past. It hasn't gone very well. Um, it didn't go well at Chelsea. And it certainly didn't go well at Inter, you know. Um, a lot of people don't actually know, uh, don't really know this except for like Chelsea fans. But um, when he got let go of at Chelsea, he actually sued Chelsea and he ended up winning. Um, it was like a oh massive, snap! I didn't. Yeah, I, I missed that somehow. Yeah, he he uh, he sued like Chelsea and the board of directors and everything for the way that he was let go. Um, and it wasn't something that uh, that was solved right away like you know it was resolved like i think like a year later but he ended up uh winning and he got um additional payout and compensation i think i think everybody listening to this loves to see chelsea bleed money so i i would not i wouldn't hide that I'm, i'm happy that that happened it doesn't matter, man. We're not going to bleed as much as Spurs have bled in the last, like, in the last <laughs> two point. seasons. Like, I'll tell you that. It doesn't matter how many how many seasons they renew the all or nothing uh, on, on Amazon. So, um, but no, yes. again, um, Levy continues to do his job. He continues to uh, make or discover opportunities for generating revenue. And I think that's all that matters, right? Like, as long as the cash keeps flowing in um that like he's safe right all right so i want to do my favorite exercise always uh and just to kind of predict uh you know we all know and i think if people are listening to this podcast know that Conte is going to play through in the back that's a, a a definite given right and then he's going to do either a 3-4-3 or i think he did that a lot at chelsea um, at Inter Milan, he did a lot of 3-5-2 with Lukaku and Lautaro Martinez playing uh, alongside each other. So what I want to do is I want to look at this first team and I really, really want to see how a three in the back is going to work or who is going to even play through in the back or what's, what's that going to look like. And we also understand that I think everyone knows here that 
he plays with wing backs. Um, and I'm just looking at this squad and the players that, that they have, and I don't see how that's going to happen, which is another reason why this doesn't make sense. So I think we don't have to talk about Lloris. Lloris is going to be the keeper. No, no problem. Romero, revelation, good. Like, I think he was very excellent against Manchester United. I mean, you know, no-brainer. I think definitely will be one of the three in the back. Um, I think he's actually played three in the back. Well, not actually. He's He has played three in the back when he was at, at Atlanta. So I think he will, he will slot in nicely. Now, my other question mark is Eric Dyer, who I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, is regularly normally a defensive midfielder right and 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 but he's um, been moved back into center back earlier early at periods in his career but he's been a pretty established center back as of late I think. okay and he's played that position he's also played that position in a three at the back with england so he has some experience with that as well okay well i mean what i'm i guess what i'm trying to say is i i don't know if Eric Dyer is a good defender. Uh, that's what I'm trying to answer because no. I can't tell if he's, it just makeshift. He's a, many, he's a great many defender. He hasn't made that question, Bori. I don't think anybody has come up with an <laughs> answer. <like> that. <laughs> Eric, Eric Dyer is an enigma, okay? Yes. That's what, that's what he is. Okay. Well, all right. So let's let's go back into the 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 bench of of uh, of Spurs and see who out of Doherty or well regular is going to be a wing back davison sanchez who i think i don't even know about him to be honest because i don't know sometimes he looks very very good sometimes it just looks like like what kind of defender is this and then we have tanganga who i know i think he's naturally a right back but could he possibly play center back like who is the who who are the two people that can play as center back because honestly i don't think i'm counting dire in this in this equation it's it's not a deep lineup Spurs have, especially in this, and especially if you want to have three field three at the back week in and week out. You know you have uh, Christian Romero pinned, like you said. I think Dyer he has to be, you know, until such time they can find a better player, perhaps in January, maybe. But like you know he has to be pinned as well. But then you're like it's Davidson Sanchez, Tenganga, and that's kind of it. Rodon. I guess Joe Rodon. I don't really know much about him either. But like, and then I guess Ben Davies has Joe, played center back, but that's not his preferred position. Joe Rodon came from a from a championship squad. Um, I want to say it was either Fulham or Swansea beforehand. Uh, they just acquired him like last season, so he's um, not probably not I, the full fully baked. Yeah. So, but like, I actually think if it were up to me, like I would play uh, Tanganga as the right center back uh i would make davison sanchez or eric dyer this central and then whoever's left of those two the left center back um and then making uh obviously emerson royale the wing back on the right and regulon on the left well so that's the thing though that that's the other thing i was going to talk about is emerson really a a a wing back. I mean, is he, can he play that position? Yeah, he plays better than uh, than defending. Like, <laughs> go- like <I'm> not- <laughs> he makes very adventurous runs going forward. I, I mean, would joke. I mean, I'm Maybe. not. I'm- <laughs> he does make good runs forward. Yeah, like like he he uh, you know I, I feel like he's better going forward than he is coming back. Right. So at least he right. has. That's why I said like Tanganga behind him. 
to cover because he has the speed to cover for whatever, you know, um, uh, gets behind Emerson. Um, now, I want to talk about the star man in the center of pulling all the strings would be one Dele Ali, who's going to be <laughs> no pressing for 90 minutes, right? No way. No way. No way. We, we're not even going to talk about him today because he's, he's not on that team, in my opinion. There's, there's um, a lot of issues here with p- positionally, as far as I can tell right now. And maybe Conte, you know, he's obviously a very, he's a genius manager, so he's going to be able to figure this out, I guess. That's why he took the job. But like, I mean, on this weekend and on most games, the two most threatening players for Spurs have consistently been Hyungman's son and Lucas Mora. So where do those two guys fit in, in a 3-5-2, for instance? Like Son can right. play a pop. But then, what do you do with? Sure. What are you going to do with Lucas if you're going to play with wing backs? I actually think, I mean, I guess Son is the natural, like, uh, you know, if 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 he's going to refer to the way he played with La, um, Luka, um, Lukaku and Latam Martinez, I guess Hurricane and Son will be the natural. Yeah. Although I think Lucas is more of the the player at the moment right now that could probably play that position because I don't see, I guess Lucas. I don't know. To be honest, I don't know. If I'm being honest, I don't know. All right, I, let's, I, just, let's just let's just let's just the elephant in the room. Let's address it. Harry Kane doesn't belong in this team. Yes. Let's just address so, it so, now. So Oof. that that's that's a good point. And 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 not that he doesn't belong in this team because he's not good. He doesn't belong in this, in this team because I don't think he wants to be in this team because <laughs> he has other ambitions because he's is almost 30 years old, if not 30 already. And he wants to win trophies. So th- th- this is the problem I have with someone like Daniel Levy because I don't understand why in the world a, co- a club is offering you $100 million and you don't sell that player if money truly is a problem. And now we don't know if United, uh, uh, City even wants to play with, with a striker or if they even have that money after spending that $100 million on, um, on, on on Grealish. But, but before we go there... I think everyone is is in agreement. Hoybier is going to like phenomenal player here. He's probably going to play like a Brozovic or Barella kind of style, um, or at least Conte is going to use him in that in that capacity. I don't know anything about skip. All I know is I don't know. I think they should probably skip him. Are we? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I am wrong. I I, I don't know. I don't. I mean, I'm a, I'm a Syria man, so so I'm going. I'm not gonna act like I know Skip's game, but I feel like the times I've seen Skip play, nothing stands out really to me. So I don't know. I don't think he's Conte level. Yeah, that's where he's a promising player though. I mean, it's just like I mean, nobody has looked good for Spurs, right? So like, if sure. he's looked listless in the games that you've seen Bori this season, I mean, it's kind of par for the course for most everybody on the field for Spurs. Sure. So I think this, there's perhaps potential with him. He could be in the rotation in the midfield. Okay, so we have Hobier, we have Ha on, on Skip. I think on the, in Dombele, I don't know what's going on mentally with him because all I, right now, I'll tell you, the only thing that's stopping Dombele is the mentality. I don't know what's going on in the dressing room or with the coaches that he's been he's had to coach or maybe it's something is going on at home. But in Dombele, like I can imagine a, a hardened Conte on Ndombele. Ndombele is going to be a star. Has no. to be a star. No, man. I, I disagree. I, I, I feel like, yes, you're right. But I don't think he has. I'm telling you, it, look at the Conte's players. He demands those, especially there's more. 
I feel like there's more pressure on those five in the in the in the middle of course. to press, to move, to do all that. At the same time, yeah. In, in Dombele, Dele Ali, um, I'm trying to look at uh, even the uh, Lo Celso. Uh, to some point, they're all more technical, flashy players, right? So they don't have like they're not built to to press like to hold that like to you know to move up to move down at the same time like I, I just I mean I don't know like I just don't see it um have you seen Anomaly man that that, that guy is like <laughs> technically like I feel like he's, he's gifted technically right yeah like he's like but I feel like he's just out there like you know you have that um when we go play pickup and you have that guy that's doing all the tricks and the step overs and everything but then all you got to do is just like body him and then that's it and like, Wait, man, are you, are you talking about yourself? Is that? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. I don't do stepovers. You know, that's not my game. Uh, but um, you know, he, he's like that player where I, I think like a lot of it rides on his confidence level. And you know, I think you called it right, right. as far as like what's going on because there's some games where he's like amazing and and like it looks like the ball's like glued to his feet and he can you know, pick out a pass, he can dribble through, he can break the lines. He and draws a little fouls too. And then other games where the guy has like the most awful first touch, like, you know, like right. it's like night and day. So um, again, it'll, it'll be interesting. But um, to your point, I think like the overall theme that we're coming to and the conclusion that we're coming to is that this team needs a massive overhaul for an Antonio Conte system. Right. That's why I don't understand. Because and I'm that's sure. where I said, like, Harry Kane, man, to me, I would rather, in an Antonio Conte system, I'm looking at Lucas and Son as my two. No, I think... And I, think, and I get, and I I get think Harry Kane, I, I cash out on Harry Kane for whatever is worth, and I use that money to try to, you know, reinforce. What's, what's the minimum? What's the price that's that you think the minimum would be required to let Harry Kane walk away? So, this so this is interesting too because isn't uh obviously we know how much City wanted him, how much Pep wanted him, but isn't Pep in his last year of his contract? He didn't uh, he last ne- next season. He had- okay, so he has what one more season, right? After this, I believe, yeah. So the question is, um. And he's not going to renew. Is that what you're trying to say? Because he he, he already he already publicly announced yeah. at the beginning of the season. He said, "I'm not I'm not renewing. Like I have I'm going to honor my contract whenever it ends. 2022, I think it was. Um, but the point is, are they really going to go out there and spend the hundred million on him? And then, um, uh, well, yeah. You know, well, if Pep, they're going to win the Champions League, if they if they're going to win the Champions League. They're not then, winning anything with Pep. Well, it's not but, winning a Champions League with the City. Come on, if they if they get if they get a striker and that would increase your the odds to, for them to win the Champions League, right? I, I would think. I mean, I don't know. I don't maybe, know if they do. I mean, like Harry Kane, like we talk, we discussed this. I feel like in an earlier episode, it's kind of like Harry Kane's not doing himself any favors. Like moping around the field, like people have very short term memories. And as far as I can tell, say for this past weekend, because of um, 
what happened with Palace and like, you know, being reduced to 10 men. City have been look, looking pretty good. They seem to have a system worked out and maybe Harry Kane doesn't necessarily need to fit into it. Maybe maybe they can do without having an, an right. out-and-out striker. Um, and right. especially one that's going to cost, like I said, what's, what is the minimum price point? Like uh, if they can't get him for, if they couldn't get him for a hundred plus this past summer, like, you know, how far are Spurs willing to go down and how much would uh, Man City be willing to, to meet them at to, to get his services in January? I mean, I, I yeah. don't think they could, I don't, I just don't think see how Daniel Levy could and Spurs could afford to let Kane walk for like something like 60 million, for instance. Like that's just like no. out of the question. They no. look so bad. It'd be, it'd right. be but, but, but no one, no one is going to do that though. No one's going to, may, except maybe Bayern, well, if they get, if Lewandowski decided he wants to leave. Um, and in that case, I think Bayern will probably want either Holland. Uh, but right. I, I can't think of a club that will want to get. No. All right. I've, I've, I've gone into the future. All right. I've come back. Harry Kane will go to, Newcastle United for 150 oh. million pounds. He will he will shatter he will shatter the previous record English record or the most expensive Premier League player record by 50 million pounds. You guys heard it here first. I should this January. No, this, I, I this happen in January or uh, no? Uh, I don't know. It depends if they uh, who they get as coach, man. But like. Let's no. be honest. Harry Kane. Right. Yeah. The reason why Harry Kane got into this this situation is because he let his brother Charlie Kane dictate all the terms <laughs> of his contract, right? Like signing a 6-year like agreement, all right? 6 years. Like that's unheard of, you know, in, in the, football. Like let's be the honest. Worst, the worst contract ever, yeah. I think. Six uh, years, perhaps right? Only next to only next to the long term contract that Hyung Min Son signed. With yeah, Spurs. exactly. He has he has three more years left, and even after this season, he'll still have another two years, which is not a lot of leverage on his okay. end, right? I, like, I I will I will play Davis advocate here. Let's not forget about three years ago, Kane was in the Champions League final, so maybe at the time he thought, okay, we have a chance here, right? So I, I wouldn't I, I see what you're saying. I'm obvi- obviously hindsight is 2020, but um, okay. All right. So let, just to close this part out real quick, I think we're all in agreement that Harry Kane and Son, at least for the time being, will be the the front two. Um, yeah. I don't see how this is gonna work. I I think we're trying to fit uh, a square object into a uh, a, a triangle hole, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, we'll see how that works. Maybe, 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 maybe they will do what they do in Italy and what Juve is doing right now. They go into a retreat where they don't go into their families. All they do is like stay in the tra- on the training ground, sleep there, and when they wake up, there will be no mayonnaise anymore. There will be no ketchup. It will all be just <laughs> greens, coconut water, and things. <laughs> uh, cook, um, coconut water is banned too. It's got sugar. Oh God. sugar. <laughs> So what do you guys think? Don't you think there's a, a little some parallels between Conte and Mourinho? Like Mourinho did get a lot out of in Dombele while he was there. Like he kind of transformed him as a player, at least like in uh, for stretches at a time. The Harry Kane, Hyomin Son connection was like close to being at its strongest at times under Mourinho. So like I, I think there are things there that can be kind of like drawn out. The question only though is how much patience Conte has 
to get that out of players. And if he doesn't get the reaction he wants, like, you know, I, I think he's on record saying like, you know, if he doesn't get, if a player's not willing to commit to his, his strategy or give his all, I think he said like, I, I'd rather kill him. <laughs> I think is the exact quote. Like he said, like, he'd rather just kill the player, like, you know, get them away from my squad. So like how much patience is he going to have with mopey Harry Kane or is Harry Kane going to be immediately reinvigorated with the arrival of Conte? Is that, it's just going to take like one, you know, speech by Conte and one, like a, a, a week on the training ground and Kane's going to be like, okay, I can see there's a very clear vision and I, I see how I fit. He's done that before. Yeah. He's done that with Mourinho before. I mean, Kane, I mean, Kane, respond, Kane has had dips and then he, he typically, he always has up now come back out of his slumps. Uh, this, I don't know if he's ever had a slump like this though, where he, he's like a non-entity on the field. It's like multiple games now where he might as well not even be there, like in terms of the impact that he's having. Listen, Harry Kane is, it's about to get worse for him when he can't have shepherd's pie before training or after. <laughs> he's, a good, he's a good English lad. He's a good English lad. Uh, <laughs> in all seriousness, um, no, it, it will be interesting to see, um, you know, what happens. Like, I so how many games, the good thing is, Whenever, I mean, if reports are to be believed, Conte is going to sign his contract and be in, in tomorrow. tomorrow. And yeah. they have the international break coming up, right? Well, first they have the Conference League to play. Thank right. you. Thank you very no, much. No, but, but I, right. well, that's what I was getting at. I wanted to see how many games are between now and the international break. Two, I believe, for Spurs. Conference League and then this weekend's EPL. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is the is the international weekend next weekend? Not this week. Yeah. yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh yeah. my <laughs> god. No. I, had to, I know. I had the same reaction, Bori. I'm <sighs> just sick of it. It's back. Our our favorite time of the year. I know. All right. Well. Hey, okay. something else. Something interesting. Another interesting parallel between Mourinho and Conte. Um. When Mourinho, his last stint at Chelsea, he left, and then you guys had a couple. Man, you had a couple of like interim coaches, right? It was like well, G- Gus Hiddink and yep. came in, and then yep. you got Conte the next year. Yep. I, I looked it up at they played a total of, I think it was like 27 games in between, 27 games under an interim coach before Conte came in as a replacement permanent manager for Mourinho. Right. This time around, it's I think. Mourinho left Spurs. They had Ryan Mason as their interim coach. Then Nuno, who might as well have been an interim coach in terms of what's in historically when we look back on it. And I think they played now 24 or so, 25, 24, 25 games. And now, again, it's Conte to the rescue. So this seems to be a pattern. You get Mourinho, he goes, you get an interim coach, and then you bring in Conte afterwards. Conte doesn't start, likes to start from the beginning of the season, though. So, again, that's not a surprise to see that he's joining well, midseason. You know, as a Chelsea fan, uh, I got to say, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, right? So, okay. I understand uh, that. I understand if, Spurs, that if Spurs can get like a quarter of the success that Conte had at Chelsea for that one season, then I think they would take that at Definitely. this point. For, oh, for yeah. Because then that means that they'd have won the the only thing. They'd have won something, right? 
There's gonna be um, a, I mean, I, a, a trophy in that in that trophy cabinet. Right. right. Uh, yes. Anything. I, any sort of silverware that they. And it doesn't even have to be a big piece of silver. Confederations. If they could win the Confederations League, hey. The conference. I'm sorry. The conference. conference I can't even remember this. I can't even remember this thing's name. But the, yes, the conference league. I know it's hard, especially when you're not playing, when you're not able to qualify for it. You don't know the names of of the leagues anymore. So, Justin, it's okay. Next next right. season. Hey, actually, we got to talk about Arsenal sometime. I, I keep saying this, but Arsenal is is they're looking good. I'm I'm liking what I'm seeing. Uh, before we delve into, I don't know if we want to delve into Arsenal on this podcast, but I do want to talk about the other side of things in United. Um, so yeah. before this game. Uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was was on the hot seat, but now it seems that the seat is warm, not hot anymore. Um, and they play, I think, Atlanta tomorrow. If I if I'm if I'm not getting that wrong, uh, what are the chances that they lose to Atlanta and he gets fired? Well, first off, I think we all need to give OGS a round of applause. The man. The man was like four steps ahead. He knew that this weekend all he had to do was humiliate Genius. Spurs, right? With Nuno at the helm, he had to embarrass him, get him fired, and then make sure that, hey, the only guy that can replace me, that the man you board would be, cons- you know, that consider replacing them with me would be Conte. And now he's off the table. So congrats, Ole. I think I speak for the other teams in the EPL when I say we are glad you are still in charge of Man United. So just want to get <laughs> put that out there. So. Yeah, I I don't know. I I think it's a mistake that United are making, but maybe I will be wrong. But yeah, what are the chances? Let's see. I mean, seriously though, like Atalanta, they're going to Bergamo. They're playing. They're playing Italy. Um, Atalanta's not in great form though, right, Corey? Well, define not in great form. I mean, they are they are winning. They tied with Lazio uh, two weekends ago, or or maybe during the week, midweek last weekend last week. Um, this past weekend, I believe they won. I'm just forgetting the scores now, but I, th- I think they won. Or yeah, I, I can't remember. Anyways, my point is they are having some issues in the back. I think Toloi has been injured. Uh, um, Demiral, I think was also injured and came off the game with, against United in the first leg. Those are their two two top center backs. So if we have those two center backs back in the squad for the for the game tomorrow, uh, it's a diff like Atlanta is. It, let's not forget they are a lethal side and and right. uh, also let's not forget Gosens and Hatabuar have been injured for a while. Hatabuar I think is about to come back, but. They they're definitely suffering, but even with that, they can still devastate. And let's not forget, we're talking about United here. They lost, they've lost to to small teams this season. So it is possible that even this half Atlanta team could still do a harm. And, and you know, they were two zero up. It's just Atlanta lost their way in the second half. So um, I'm just trying to understand what happens if they lose. Like, where do we go? from here with no Conte, for example, and, and only the only person left that I can think of is Fonseca um, or Steve Steve Bruce, I guess, will be the, <laughs> the other coach that is available. So if they lose, so I, I think uh, the, there was reporting before the game against Spurs, and I 
I, it sounded truthful, and I doubt anything's changed even after the victory, that basically that OGS was getting three games, basically, to right the ship after the humiliation against Liverpool. Basically, he was going to get Spurs, so he's one for one. Uh, then he's going to get Atalanta at the midweek, and then he's going to have the Derby against Man City this weekend, and then it'll be the international break. So even if they lose against Atalanta, I still think that there's going to be, you know, there'll be so much turmoil in the news. Like, you know, like it was just the whiplash of getting crushed by Liverpool. Then, oh my God, they're back. They're playing three at the back. What a genius, <laughs> whatever. And then lose against against lose against Atalanta. Then we know, I think we probably can predict what's going to happen against Man City, but you never know. Uh, I think no matter what happens, it's going to be, there's going to be a lot of conversations going on with Manchester United's uh, front office over the international break about what do we go, where do we go from here? Especially now that Conte is off the table. So if they lose against Atalanta board, I guess to get to the heart of your question, I don't think we're going to, there's not going to be anything knee jerk. There hasn't been anything knee jerk with Manchester United up till now. There definitely isn't going to be any this week, but the rumor mill is going to be swirling. and It's going to be at like hyper speed during the international break if they lose against Atalanta and then again, lose uh, against Man City. Fair points, um, and I can confirm. Confirm. Tolo is not is not even called up, um, uh, but you do have uh, you know Ilicia Zapata and and uh, Luis Muriel who are you know little in the front. The problem is I don't know what Atlanta is going to do in defense. Uh, Demiral is back, so we'll see. We'll see. Uh, don't know what's going to happen, but I, I think I think the media is going to go bonkers if Atlanta. Atlanta wins. I, that's my prediction. Maybe maybe the board won't do anything, but the media is gonna go, we're, all all attention is gonna go back to Ole again. Like, hey, like what's going on here? Um, all right. Well, I think I think see, too much time on this. Just real quick, do you think do you see Manchester United going with the same formation? Uh, with three in the back. Three in the back in a pairing of Ronaldo plus one. At the front, I did I think just pass against Cavani. I looked pretty good, but may, maybe it'd be like Rashford or something up top. I think it's safe. I think it's a safe thing. As well, well I, I honestly I see three in the back as five in the back, in my opinion. But um, right. yeah. maybe be, because of the way Atlanta plays, they may stick it that way. Because I think United just really just needs to get a draw in this game. I think they can handle young boys. Villarreal, we don't know what Villarreal is going to do. So, so, so. But I would think they they could win. But I think Atlanta is probably the toughest op- opponent that they have in this group, this this in the Champions League group. Uh, if I'm being honest, so that's also um, it's also interesting. I want to I want to point out like uh, when you said Villarreal because uh, there are rumors that um, Newcastle United is interested in uh, Unai Emery, and we we know that. Um, Newcastle has the money to pretty much pay out his contract uh, and some, and VRL would could certainly do just like all La Liga teams could certainly do with an influx of cash, right? So um, it'll be interesting to see like where his head's at if if the rumors are to be you know believed. I remember that whole Newcastle thing because honestly. I feel like they're gonna get relegated, so I don't know who wants to pick that up. But you wouldn't, we'll see. you wouldn't do it for uh for a nice little payday. 
I guess I'm sure there's so. a lot I, I of guess coaches. So. I guess so. there's a I lot of coaches so. right now that would probably be like, "Hey, I'm gonna take, I I'm gonna get paid either way." Yeah, right. right? So yeah, yeah. sounds like a top right, cool. notorious <laughs> Brexiter and like English, you know, English thoroughbred <laughs> Big Sam to come in for to to save his new like the new Saudi ownership. And then, and then next summer, then next summer, then you'll see uh, um, Pep at Newcastle. It's actually uh, Big Samir, not Big Sam. It's Big Samir okay. because Newcastle's okay. <laughs> Clever. All right. So, so just just keeping the Champions League spirit alive here. We've talked about Atlanta United. Uh, uh, Barcelona, I think, will be in Ukraine playing against Kiev. Um, this is a, a make or break situation for Barcelona. They ov- obviously lost their coach. Uh, um, and I keep forgetting the name of the new coach. Uh, you know, he's going to be a temporary coach. The rumors that Xavi is going to be the next coach. I think they're still trying to deal with Al Sahad, I think is, is the name of his, his current club. Um, do we, I, I, I think Barcelona does this tomorrow. And hey, hey my, my boy Dembele is back. So you never know what you can get. I think I think uh, I I do an injury. That's what you can oh. get. <laughs> that's what you're gonna get, man. That's that's uh, bad. Don't wish that on people. Come on. Yeah, I'm not wishing it. I'm just telling you what's gonna happen. Um, but in all seriousness, um, I mean, you don't know. There was recent news, um, obviously with Aguero, right, and right. the health uh, concern that he had. I personally think that when he was on the on the pitch, like it made a big difference with him being, you know, uh, leading the line up top um, in the system that they were playing. But uh, since he's gone, now you got to revert back to the same players that you were using. Barcelona has been plagued with injuries as well. It's a lot of players uh, on that squad that were starters in the past that are currently like injured or completely out of form. So now you have, you know, players like Serginho, I miss Tappen's desk playing at like, you know, as like a right, like as a, almost not even like a wing back, man. He's playing like a he was he was an out and out winger. Like in, it's, in it's, it's like, yeah, and you can see if you're talking about uh you know making uh Spurs like you know um round pegs and like square holes like Barcelona's in yeah. the same boat like right. you know and so D- Dinamo Kiev is certainly a winnable game for them but when I look at that that group um if Benfica as it stands like Bayern is already through right like they're pretty much going to yeah. first place right Right. Um, Benfica has a better shot, and they have obviously goal differentials that come, you know, way less than Barcelona at the moment. They're also in second place. Like I just feel like Barca could be that third spot, like, and that's it, which would be crazy to think about because it, I don't actually have the stat, but um, let me see if I can find it. When the last time that Barcelona uh, didn't qualify didn't at a qualify. stage, yeah, wasn't like, that like 1919? Oh, maybe that's I think it's no, no, no. I think it's like something like 20 years ago. 
Yeah, something yeah. like I th- it I was think something along those lines. Mm-hmm. So, so Champions League around. Champions League uses head to head, right, to decide the right. final place. Yeah. So I mean, like, this, really, it's pretty simple, yeah. right? They, they, Barcelona needs to beat Kiev, and then they need to beat Benfica, and they're and they're good to go. Well, what? But the games mm-hmm. where where they're at, um, right? Because like. It it doesn't matter. So it used to be where you have to think. It used to be where Barcelona, like the Camp Nou, was like one of those places where it was like almost oh, impossible yeah, yeah. to win. Yeah, yeah. It was I'm like sorry. impossible like, to win. I didn't. I didn't mean to say it to like downplay hat. Like it's gonna be so easy for them, but like oh, okay. in, terms, in terms of what they need to do, it's very clear what they need to do. Whether they can do it, you're right. Yeah. The, yeah. Camp Nou is not the fortress it used to be. Nope. Um, I don't know. Maybe though, I, I think the faster they can get Xavi in the door, the better is really where I'm at. Because if there's anything that would reinvigorate the fan base and bring like that, you know, Barcelona supporters. More, yes, more so than more so than most clubs, perhaps you know maybe the most of any club, Barcelona has an identity, um, and they've strayed from it in like the past few years. Um, for much of the last that's decade, why, honestly. So that's it's like, why they want Xavi. Do you need to bring him back? And I actually think Xavi is a is a very interesting manager. And I know it's not a big league, but I highly recommend looking up some outside like highlights of like how they play under him. And it, you can see the DNA. And he's he so he's drilled that into a team of a. <laughs> we like to clown on Barcelona, but outside is a much lesser in terms of quality than even Barcelona right now. Right. And he was able to drill like that, like ethos and that like Barcelona DNA in terms of like, you know, quick passes. Um, Tiki Taka is back. I think Tiki Taka will have a resurgence, but they got to get Javi in as quickly as possible to to make Camp New, like, you know, that place that teams fear coming to again. And for those that yeah, are think- familiar with, with, with Alsad SC, it's also the pretty much the Qatari national team. So you can look up the, the, you know, you can look up on YouTube, Qatar national team, and it's literally like 75% of the, of Xavi's club team makes up the, the national team. So, you know what, what, uh, what they should have done is they should have offered El Saad, um, uh, Komen in exchange for Xavi. I think, <laughs> I think that would, I mean, think really, no, seriously, think about it. I'm sure they would have gone Coleman, for. Have Dan. you seen Coleman? He he would not survive in that climate. <laughs> that that boy's transparent. He'd be he'd be roasted. He'd be roasted. Uh, fair point. Fair point. All right. Um, and then I think the other games that that are coming up: PSG without Mbappe, it seems, and without Messi. Um, they're playing Leipzig. Leipzig has not been hot too hot. I think they've kind of died down this since the you know they had a very good start in the beginning of the season um i, I think this will be straightforward for, for psg i don't i don't think there'll be any surprises here and, and psg i mean yeah they you know uh they're not their best but i think i think they'll get this done anyone think otherwise i mean they did go pretty much toe-to-toe with uh manchester city in that shootout that they had um I think it was like match day two, where I think what was the final score like five three or something like that. Uh, you know they put three. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, I forgot their player, the winner, Inkunku. Is that his last name? 
Right. Uh, oh, are, are, you talking about, are you talking about Leipzig and and City? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, so they show that, like, I mean, they were playing fearless, you know, as far as, like, City six, in their house. 6-3, six, yeah. six, right, 6-3. And if not for, like, a few horrible defensive errors, like, that game could have been a lot closer. Um, but if there's ever a time to take it to PSG, it's now. Uh, no Messi, right. uh, no Mbappe, right? Um, they have, I think, no Ramos. Few, no, no Ramos. Ramos. <laughs> well, I mean, like they they haven't had Ramos yet, right? So, yeah. Um, but isn't there uh, a sus- isn't there like an ex- like a suspension? Aren't they without? Um, I might be confusing uh, Ligon, but I thought Hakimi got a red card in one of the fixtures was it the champions league no i think it, i don't think i, it was I thought there was a notable player that got red carded and so they have a few key pieces like of their starters that are out in this game so why not try to go for it you know right right well yeah uh fair points um yeah i still think i mean maybe maybe if they lose then this would be a case for them to get rid of pochettino and then pochettino will go to the united you know, maybe it's, it's all a game. It's all a game, um, and we don't know how it's going to end up. And then last but not least, um, I think people's new favorite team in Europe is Sheriff, um, and they're playing Inter Milan. Uh, I think this is a do-or-die affair for them because if, I, I don't think they win the next two games that they have, or maybe worst case, they get a point out of Real Madrid. Um, but no, not Real Madrid, but the other team, that uh, Shakhtar Donetsk. Um, but do we do we think Inter Milan can? I think Inter Milan can do. I mean, Inter Milan is on fire right now, so I I expect them to to get through this. But it is a group to watch because if if for example if Sheriff were to to win or tie the game, then they could qualify. I think that's really what they need. The athlete, the worst result that they should try and get is a is a draw, um, which would really help them out for the next for the next level. So. I think they need a draw, either a draw versus Inter or Real Madrid, and then beat. And Shakhtar is like bad. Shakhtar is like yeah, bad. They're, they're bad. They're, I mean, like they're a good team. Like they have been. Like they're perennial, uh, or you know, they're always in they're the Champions League. But they, this is a bad season for them. So like if they can, but they can pull off one point uh, against Inter or against Real Madrid, and I think they they're through. Well, the the head to head between Inter and and Sheriff though will be the problem, because good point. Inter Milan, Inter Milan. So I mean, Inter Milan will also have to beat. I think they will have to beat for sure Real Madrid and um, Donetsk to to have that happen. Which I don't know. Real Madrid is on fire, and I don't know if if uh, they will beat they will beat Real Madrid. But who knows? Yeah, you never know. Big one. Yeah, Inter Real Madrid will be a big one. Another another group to watch. Another group to watch is 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 all. Cool. All right. Well, I think that's really all we had because of time. We're gonna cut it off here. But hey, we you know we want to wish uh, Conaguero, you know, the best of the best uh, wishes. You know, I'm glad it didn't turn out to be like another Ericsson case. I'm glad he stopped when he felt some discomfort. Uh, but sounds like he's gonna be out for three months. I really feel for him. I mean, must be devastating to to just come back and then be have having to be out for another three months 
I can't even imagine what his mental health is right now. Um, uh, and then, yeah, I think I think that's all we have. But um, thank you, thank you, Justin Manny, for uh, joining the uh, podcast today. Um, as usual, we're on uh, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcast, and we will see you all after the Champions League, hopefully this week. If not, next week. All right. Bye.